0: There is a forest within you now or a tree or the wind or a bird or a bamboo leaf or a fern or the sky. Now we've been working with the elements during this sashin and just notice right now as you're preparing to receive another Dharma talk, which element are you most aware of? Another way of asking that is, what are you doing with your attention? Can you still feel the spaciousness of the sky? And if you've forgotten, look around. What's beyond those clouds, the sky in all directions. Can you imagine the sky that's surrounding the entire earth right now? Can you feel that sky as your own mind? Your awareness the, the picture um, in the in the t- chinese characters for heaven is a picture with a person with their arms outstretched i can feel that right now and their head is the night sky yeah. can imagine that What does it feel like to be the heavens? Another translation for that is Cosmos or Universe. I felt compelled um, during this retreat to embody the elements. And maybe you have too. I've I've seen some people walking around like birds. (laughs) Or maybe walking around like trees. And that's part of intimacy, right? Actually, when you work on a koan in the Zen tradition, you come into the teacher and you show the koan. You don't talk about it. You don't talk about your understanding or your experiences. Those are all past. You show the mountain. You show the night sky. So you must become it with your whole body. At least that's the invitation. It takes us a while to actually do that. So, I invite you um, during the next few hours of session to explore intimacy through embodiment. Sit with a flower and become a flower and feel yourself blooming. Or feel the wind in the bamboo. Becoming that leaning that movement or become the earth's stillness and receptivity or the sky's openness? Where do you feel the sky in your body? Where do you feel the earth? How do you feel the earth? What is the most intimate way you could express earth? Or no earth? What about water? During the sashine, water's been a little more of a subtle teacher. But perhaps you've had encounters with water, images that arose in your mind, or immersions in water <clears throat> while showering or watering, or feeling the morning dew on your feet. How are you experiencing water right now, flow? Someone said, when I focus on the earth, it's flowing. Perhaps you've noticed that too. All the elements contain each other. Do they? Do they, in your experience? How does the sky contain earth? Contain fire? contain water and air. Sometimes we can think that the air is the sky. They're so inseparable. One's still and one is moving, is that true? There are so many moments of recognition, the heart remembering itself. In the junco feather, in the bamboo breath, in the green of the persimmon leaf, or the smooth stone that kisses big toe flesh. You are not some solitary being put here to win or lose at life. You are not some solitary being put here to win or lose at life. You are not here to get more than others, nor to dominate, nor to exploit. Your heart is an open, flowing river. See here how, even right now, it returns to the sea. So during this Sashin, as I said, we've been working with the elements and exploring non-duality with the natural world. The invitation is to just keep opening and seeing that everything is contained within our mind. That's one way of expressing it. Everything is contained within our awareness The intimacy of the breath is just as intimate as the forest, the tree line, the sound of the bamboo. Is that true for you? All experienced in the same place, that thought no, and that feeling in your big toe, and the heartbeats, and the bird all arise in the same place, contained within your mind. This is a profound insight. It's one that we have over and over and over and over and over again. These flowers blooming in your own mind, blooming as your awareness. The beauty of the earth is you. You know that, we know that. And then we say, well, how do I live that? And what's also true is that we are a world unto ourselves, that no one quite experiences the world as we do that it's hard to share even a single feeling with another being, to fully express the intimacy, the nuance of a single breath, of how we hear that sound. And sometimes we say there's only, you have something that only you can offer to the world. And you're doing that all the time. You don't have to find that thing. You're always finding that thing. You're finding that thing in the way you follow your breath. In the way that you look into another's eyes. And what you choose to share in a conversation and how you listen. and what you choose to study or not, and what you choose to forget. All those, all those ways. And as we practice Dharma, we clarify that expression. We live more from perhaps compassion and insight into interconnection and non-duality. And that changes how we express A haiku master, who is also a Zen poet, Basho or Basho, sorry, says that unless we see or hear phenomena from within the things themselves, we shall never re- we shall never succeed in recording them in our own hearts. Unless we see or hear phenomena or things. From within the things themselves, we should never we should never succeed in recording them in our hearts. So, which beings have you let in during this session? Who touched your heart? Who is now recorded in your heart? Who did you let in? being a resident here for the last 11 and a half years before I left, um, it's just been so beautiful to have people come back to this land and they come back to visit a tree. This happens a lot actually. Yeah, I see nods like, yeah, I would come back for that. fall in love with the forest you let the forest in you let those flowers in the bamboo and then something calls you back to visit to pay homage to kindle that relationship sometimes people come back to walk the grounds or to uh, check on their vows or check on a jizo that they left in the garden to re-experience that sense of magic and wonder that this place uh, gave them access to. Mother Maple is firmly planted in thousands of hearts, including the elementary school students who are now in their 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. who also sometimes come back here. Yeah. This was a really special school we've come to appreciate for the folks who went to elementary school here some say they had a, a reunion a couple of years ago and actually like, wanted to come here and tour it. And so, so many people said that these were the best years of their life. And they were so happy that the school and the grounds continued in a way that the trees are preserved and people are taking care of the land. It was really touching. When we are truly present with another, we can feel their unique presence. this is part of the intimacy of really letting someone into the heart. When we're truly present with another, and this can be a person, a leaf, the sky, we can feel their unique presence. And this opens us up to a timeless presence. It's like we're seeing with one eye. You look into the eyes of the bamboo leaf. And it looks back. You're seeing through one eye. There's a timelessness there. There's a there's a deep intimacy that transports us beyond ourselves. And often uh, we can re-experience this in poetry. This is how poets like Basho um, experience reality and try to reconvey it, that intimacy. So I wanted to read a poem. I wanted to read a, a few poems. I liked Kodo's um, meal analogy. So I'm gonna do dessert first. This is um, where I got the lines from the, for the talk title. Because I spent the winter sleeping with a fish, there is a fin within me now. Because I spent the winter sleeping with a fish, there is a fin within me now. Because I spent the spring with an eagle in her nest, there is an egg within me now. Because I spent the summer with the buffalo, there is a bone within me now. Because I spent the autumn growing one tall tree, there is a root within me now. With each being that we let in, we become intimate with, we are transformed by them. Like Basho said, they leave an imprint in our heart. We carry something of their mind and something of the one mind in those experiences. So what bones, eggs, fins, and roots are in you now? Or feathers or leaves. Sitting with a natural world, like I said, is like working with a koan. We are made vulnerable to each other through our attention. And it is in this vulnerability or humility that intimacy happens which seems maybe sometimes counterintuitive. We think, oh, practice like, has a lot of will and I need to make th- something happen. But practice is also getting out of the way, softening, being receptive to another. And there's a vulnerability in that. And that's why fear comes up. There's a vulnerability in being touched by another, being seen through. And there's a humility. This practice is very humbling, especially, I think, practicing outside with the natural world. I mean, these beings are so much older than us, have a way of knowing that. Even if we listen deeply, it's still really hard to understand what's going on in that root system. What's going on in the upper canopy? How are the leaves reacting to the change of light hour by hour? And it's through this vulnerability or humility that intimacy happens. It's what allows the self to slip outside that tight prison of me or the I expands and includes more. The whole forest is I, not just this thought, not just this body sensation. And so we are changed. We are changed through intimacy. We are transformed through this vulnerability to another. Chosen Roshi said a couple of years ago when we were working during summer program with Sitting Like a Mountain, she said, with such like confidence and clarity that you know when she talks like that, that you got to trust her, like you got to listen. The Zen master has spoken. And she said, if you do this practice wholeheartedly every day for the next 30 days, it will change you. It will change you. I know many people in summer program are working with that, sitting like a mountain. How has it changed you? How are you different now than you were, what, five weeks ago? Hmm. This is a a, a special next couple of days because a number of people who are here for the last five weeks are transitioning. I'm going to read a few more examples of intimacy through poetry. This is Joy Harjo. It's called Secrets from the Center of the World. Anything that matters is here. Anything that will continue to matter in the next several thousand years will continue to be here. Approaching in the distance is the child you were some years ago. See them laughing as they chase a white butterfly My cheek is flat against memory described by stone and lichen The center of the world is within reach It is as familiar as your name as strange as monsters in your sleep. Then a slightly different flavor, Master EQ, Zen Monk. I'm in it everywhere. What a miracle. Trees, lakes, clouds, even dust. I'm in it everywhere. What a miracle. Trees, lakes, clouds, even dust. Melons, eggplants, rice, rivers, the sky. I offer them to you on this holiday. So intimate with nature, he gives it away. a flower held up twirled between human fingers, a smile barely visible. Flowers are silent. Silence is silent. The mind is a silent flower. The silent flower of the world opens. Flowers are silent. Silence is silent. The mind is a silent flower. The silent flower of the world opens. The call for intimacy and non-separation is part of what brings us to spiritual practice. And you know, we have many reasons for what brings us to spiritual practice. And you might not have named that one uh, if I asked you, what brought you here? But I think it's in all of us that call for intimacy and non-separation, not feeling separate from your life, from others, from the world. But we also begin spiritual practice because we're suffering or because we've seen the untrustworthiness of things, relationships, people, or we suffered loss in some way and it feels irreconcilable. Or there's something that we just want to work on, on ourselves. Like I'm anxious or angry or fear is just controlling my life. Or I don't want to live a life of shame guilt. There's got to be something more than this. Or perhaps we had an experience that happened to be like a peak experience, a glimpse behind the veil of ordinariness. And there is a feeling of really knowing for a moment a truth that's beyond words or a clarity or wisdom or opening to the mystery of life. And as we continue on the spiritual path, our reasons continue to mature. And I think one aspect of Sashin is It, can, it invites us to put spiritual practice at the center of our life. And we can feel the kind of dissonance with n- not being quite ready to do that. What does that mean? Maybe I do just want a little peace and quiet. And can I get that without having to change too much? Or change only in the ways that I want to change? Chosen Roshi says about the spiritual life that it just keeps opening. And she said that more and more as she's gotten older, which is really reassuring to me. Here's somebody who's practiced for 50 plus years. Really dedicated to, right? Like she's the... Uh, abbess of a monastery it just keeps opening she says sashin is a threshold experience so perhaps we come to sashin knowingly in a threshold of our lives you know some doors are closing we're not quite sure what's opening or you know seasonally Like, okay, I finished this period of play, and now I'm going back to work, or I'm changing jobs. And sometimes we come to Sashin not quite knowing that we're stepping into a threshold. But Sashin is a threshold experience, subtly and on the more kind of coarse level of our lives, narrative of our lives. And even if you're a resident and do Sashin every month, Sashin is a threshold experience. What I mean by that is who you are when you start Sashin and who you are at the end of Sashin is different. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves credit for the transformation that happens during this week of practice we like want to change and then we kind of also want to just go back to life as it was and there can be a little bit of friction there because like I said sometimes we don't change in quite the way we had expected or sometimes what opens is quite uncomfortable to see or to face or to look at We are not who we were when we began this retreat. That's true for everyone who's here. We have more roots and leaves in us now, or on us now, or in our hair. We have more sky and earth within us now. Perhaps we've traded sorrows with a swallow, or exchanged bodies with a tree. Perhaps we've let ourselves feel old hurts and regrets, or we've let anger and fear out of hiding. Perhaps we've let the breeze blow through our bodies and carry away our thoughts, even just for a moment, or let the earth touch our bare flesh. Perhaps we've flowed, perhaps we've been burned. Perhaps we've expanded into the darkness of night and lost our boundaries. What vows have you discovered during this, Sashin? What questions have you clarified? I find Sashin sometimes helps me see what i'm living from and that kind of insight isn't necessarily a an insight of like oh this is what i'm supposed to do with my life now i have all the clarity i need but it's more of a clearing away of arrogance or judgment or a certain kind of control to see like, oh, I can trust this inner knowing and I can let that flow into all the aspects of my life. My relationships can flow from there. My work, my career. And sometimes I feel like we do receive clear instructions on what the work is ahead. Like a direction for our vow. And that might be a direction of like, oh, wow, I really need to work on making amends or forgiveness or with anger or making space in my daily life to practice every day or five times a week. I really need to make space for sangha in my life or creativity. Like sometimes that just becomes very clear through Sashin. And maybe the how seems opaque, but the direction seems somewhat clear. This last day of Sashin, um, is an integration day and that can mean different things for different people because we're all in different phases of life and relationship to sashin and some of us consider the monastery home and so this is a cycle of a monthly cycle but you know the the way sashin tends to go is we work really hard like the mind quiets down and opens up and then the last day or so of sashin There's just a kind of loosening that happens. Like sometimes, uh, you know, thoughts about the future start coming back or the feeling of how am I going to integrate this? And, you know, you hear the instruction, keep practicing. And that's really important because you can see the tendency of the mind to not want to face the transition, And so it just starts to try to fill in that gap with all the habits that we do when things come to an end and we don't want to feel that. And so you might find yourself eating all the chocolate on the tea table or talking to yourself more or the mind going into anxiety um, or like big, big things kind of coming up that you thought, oh, wow. I haven't thought about that for a long time. And there can be a a desire sometimes to just like run away with those thoughts, run away with the future, plan the whole future. You have all this time and energy to do it. But we say continue practicing because like honoring this transition just helps you honor all the work you've done this week and the transformation and change that has happened. And so often the advice is to keep practice simple. Like what element is most obvious in your experience right now? And feel that ground in the earth. Breathe with the trees. Feel the breeze touching your skin. And if thoughts are happening, they're happening in that space of the elements. can also be helpful to you ground in um, loving kindness, compassion, gratitude practice. The practice of intimacy, like I said, is an opening up uh, vulnerability. And so we're tender. Even if you don't feel particularly tender parts of you, the tender parts of you are much more on the surface than they were when we started Sashin. The guards are down. So be gentle with yourself. And the earth shows us how to do that. And then also this can be a time of coming back to vow, especially if you're leaving you know, after doing this sashin. You know, for many people, it's a first, second, third sashin. And then for those of you who've been here for summer programs, the experiences that you've touched during Sashin might not make sense to the rational mind. And they might not integrate right away. When we have big experiences, big openings, big um, moments of the ego really stepping aside, these moments of non-duality, it takes time to, to process that. And I'm not talking about understanding it rationally. It just takes time for the system to integrate. Koto said to me, she's like, some experiences I don't know if we ever integrate. And I felt humbled by that. I feel like I'm still integrating an experience I had when I was 17, which, which really brought me onto the path and I got more insight into it during this retreat, which is also very um, mysterious. Hogan Roshi uh, likes to say, there's no shortcut to spiritual maturity. And so we trust that these things have their own time. What practices that we explore during this session would you like to continue? And oftentimes people ask, well, how, how can I continue? And I invite you, if you have that question, uh, to ask the forest tonight, or ask a tree, or ask the sky, or the earth. They might have a better answer. So I want to come back to uh, the mandala one more time. And explore how this can be a helpful practice tool if you'd like to continue working with it. So like I said earlier, the center of the mandala in the essence traditions is space. And this is often translated as the clear light of spacious awareness. So it's white in color, but but clear, pure light, like containing all the other colors. All colors of the universe an essential part of the work that we're doing in spiritual practice in zen practice is recognizing all inclusive spacious awareness as the ground of being as the ground of our being and then learning to function from that and that's why last talk I did that exercise where we found the sense of self and replaced it with space. Because that's basically what we're doing. We're noticing when we're identified with something, and that's usually where we feel the sense of self, is we're identified with something, a feeling, an emotion, a thought, a body sensation. And in that, becoming aware of how we are identified We disidentify with the thing and become the awareness, which is spacious, which is clear, which is all-inclusive, not limited to that thought, that feeling, that belief. One of the depictions of the elemental mandala, uh, the Buddha families, is space in the center, which is clear, white, light, circle. And then it has all the other colors, all the other elements surrounding it, and what they call a tigle. And then the other elements are paired as opposites, above, below, to the sides. So it'd be earth and air, fire and water. And space is the center it also permeates all of the others and that's that's the concept of a mandala which is quite beautiful is that the center is your clear light awareness always it's the the pivot you could think of the mandala as a wheel it's the pivot that turns the dharma wheel of your life and then The space is the whole mandala as well. But these other colors, these other elements come in and, and we're a mixture of all of them and we're dancing with all of them. Emotions, body sensations, sounds, as they take shape as mixtures of earth and water, fire, air, and space. Sometimes they manifest as depression, sometimes anger, sometimes fear, sometimes joy, sometimes shame sometimes vow, sometimes movement. How do you make spacious awareness the center of your life? Can you see space within each arising sensation? This is how we live non-duality. The ancients used this analogy of a guest and host, where the host is spacious awareness, hosting all the experiences. Like right now, again, make your awareness like the sky or let the sky permeate your awareness, mix, mingle with your awareness. And see how you're hosting whole sashin right now in your awareness each of us appearing as part of your awareness the wind moving through your awareness the forest the trees the grasses all the colors of the universe expressing as these unique beings yet of the same substance your awareness awareness including this body, your body, what you consider your body, your thoughts, whatever emotions or feelings are arising, all of that is manifesting and is made of the same substance at the ground level your awareness. Lumi has that beautiful poem, Guest House, which t- talks about this. And sometimes we think, I'm not going to read that poem right now. But if you haven't heard it, you can look it up when you leave Sushi. Um But basically what he says is that our, our, we are a guest house. And you can welcome anything that comes, shame, grief. Sometimes they'll come and like have a party in your house and destroy all your glasses and jump on your couch and stuff. And sometimes, and so we talk about, we use this analogy a lot of welcoming, just welcome them all. That's what he says at the end, welcome them all. So they're made out of your mind. But we can mishear that and think like, oh, that part of me, this, this part can get activated. That's very accommodating and likes to people please. That's the part that's going to welcome them all. And then it feels exhausting and we feel taken advantage of. And so when you're practicing this level of practice, it's important to be aligned with spaciousness. And let spaciousness allow everything to come in. And recognizing that everything that comes in is made of space and light—that is your awareness, your knowing awareness, spacious, bright. Otherwise, that that practice can um, be a little harmful. The more we trust um, awareness, the more we learn to recognize awareness. Oh my gosh, hi. There's a little spider. The more we trust awareness, the more we can allow the guests to come and go. And use the elements instead of being used by the elements. That's, that's set in Zen in so many different ways to use our minds, our thoughts, instead of being used by them. That resonates for me. And who is the one who chooses, who doesn't choose? That's part of the mystery that keeps us practicing. I shared that koan at the beginning of Sashin. Medicine and sickness heal each other. The whole earth is medicine. What is yourself? What is yourself? I wanted to, uh, because I did it for all of the other elements, I talk about the tantric view of the elements, uh, air and space. So the air element is green in color. You can think of, you know, probably they got that from watching the wind moving through the green trees, the leaves. The shadow element is jealousy, wanting what others have, invidious comparison. Even to our own ideals. We can compare ourselves to this idea that we have of perfection. It uh, can manifest as busyness, needing to do more, do more, do more to get it right. Uh, Anxiety, FOMO, fear of missing out. But it's it's enlightened quality, so you can recognize that. We're talking about the air element, right? So a number of people yesterday in Sansan said, Oh, my mind is so much more busy. I'm like, we're focusing on the air element. That's why. (laughs) It's thoughts are often related to the air element. Uh, Another thing that a lot of traditional um, people who practice Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine say is that our culture um, has an air element uh, imbalance, Mm -hmm. to say the least. (laughs) So we can get into this busyness, anxiety, anxiety, Need to do more, do more, do more. The enlightened quality of this element, which people have also found a lot of, of peace with the the wind. This session um, is a quality of all accomplishing activity. So the manifesting of vow, the living from intention. Chosen Roshi loves this line, the body being empty, the arms are in inactivity. And that's how space and air can go together. When we're grounded in spaciousness, then our activity can come from that place. So it's not exhausting ourselves. When we're more identified with the air element, we can get exhausted. We can get carried off. We can become ungrounded. So grounding in space or grounding in earth. Uh, can be a helpful remedy for working with air element. And then the space element, like I said, is all-inclusive awareness. And the shadow side of that can be fear, and more that existential fear, fear of death, spacing out, going numb, ignoring ignorance. And its enlightened quality, like I said, is spaciousness, the ability to Hold all of the mandala and allow all those different energies to arise and and even to embody them that's one of the most beautiful things of spaciousness is we can be ourselves completely and all these different parts of ourselves maybe parts of ourselves that we thought we had to reject in order to be on the spiritual path we can integrate those parts and you know, sometimes use that power of anger to set a good boundary without, you know, without speaking from anger, but that energy can be less afraid of uh, the energies in ourselves and in the world and in others. So spaciousness, just like spaciousness permeates all of the other um, elements of the mandala, fear can be at the root of all the afflictive emotions so it's interesting how um, fear is kind of the shadow side of of spaciousness you can see perhaps how many of the afflictive emotions like rage and anger and shame and uh, sadness and guilt uh, have fear under uh, underneath them A few people have talked about experiencing fear in the forest at night on both like a bodily level and then just the way the mind just starts imagining what's out there who's out there the worries the anxieties did i miss the bell am i going to be stranded out here maybe i should go check and make sure (laughs) i didn't miss the bell the timekeeper laughing. Maybe she missed the bell. <laughs> 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 it's good to see. It's good to see this. This is one of, um, you know, this sashin challenges different things than a sh- sashin where we're safely indoors challenges. Uh, so just noticing what it's like to sit in the darkening forest. If, is all fear a fear of death? And what is death? Yeah. In Zen we talk about dying before you die. Yeah, that has an element of seeing through this constructed self. But there are many death, there, deaths. There's loss of control, loss of certain aspects of our identity that we've taken as like, this is primarily who I am. And then beginning to see through that. And that can be gender identity, that can be race. We can see through just these different aspects of ourselves that are constructed. And, um, you know, just see that, oh, those are just ideas, those are part of the construct of society, our culture, family values. And sometimes we can have fear come up of of really seeing uh, a fixed belief or habit pattern. Practicing with earth and the elements can help us in confronting the existential human questions that we have about life and death. What is alive? We come back to that every Sashin, I think. One of the primary koans. How do you experience life? How is your life part of this one life? Who dies? Ask the forest, ask the earth what happens when this body dies? What happens when part of the forest dies? may these questions and whatever questions stir in your own heart about the nature of life and death may these questions open you up to the mystery there's something compelling about the night I'll close with a poem by Rilke in the dark hours of my being I love the dark hours of my being. My mind deepens into them. There I can find, as in old letters, the days of my life. Already lived and held like a legend and understood. Then knowing comes. I can open to another life that's wide and timeless. So I am sometimes like a tree rustling over a gravesite and making real the dream of the one its living roots embrace. So I am sometimes like a tree rustling over a gravesite and making real the dream of the one its living roots embrace. A dream once lost among sorrows and songs. I'd like to invite you, like I said, in the next hours of the retreat, when you go off into solo sitting, again, connecting with whichever element is most present in your experience. And seeing if you can find spaciousness as the ground And then using whatever element is most present as a way of gently anchoring attention in the here and now. And perhaps you want to explore being with that element more deeply as embodied experience through movement. Or letting that element take you deeper into stillness. To oneness thank you